DraftKings.org. Live from the DraftKings Sportsbook and Wild Rose Studio, this is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. All right, welcome back. Hour number two, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Food insecurity has grown considerably, and the need is not going away. Food Bank of Iowa is working to make sure all Iowa families have access to food resources during the cold winter months. And so that they can help heat their homes. You can help. Every dollar donated creates up to four meals. If you need help, if you can help, uh, learn more at foodbankiowa.org. Just real quick before we get Wade looking, Bill. Dan Campbell, the new Detroit Lions mm-hmm. head coach, apparently in his press conference. This is on Scott Dockerman's Twitter. This is from Dan Campbell, the new Lions coach. New Lions coach Dan Campbell in his opening statement said he told his agent to make sure NFL execs think that he's Matt Campbell in order to get interviews. <laughs> <laughs> a pretty good line. Uh, that's excellent. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. Uh, let's get Wade Looking Bill in here. Wade, sorry to keep you on hold. How are you, Wade Looking Bill? Really good, really good. Thanks for having me on. No, I appreciate you coming on. Speaking of being on hold, college basketball throughout the state, for crying out loud, so many. I mean, Drake hasn't played in so long. Likewise, Iowa State. Um, you, you and, and I, I were supposed to play tonight. Tonight, right? And that got shelved. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, the Hawks um, have had disruptions in their schedule as well. What does this do, Wade? Uh, what do you think? I mean, what kind of Iowa team will we see Is kind of a start, stop, start, stop? I know they get to practice and everything, but... Um, Creatures of habit, right? Routine is big in sports. This isn't anything but routine. How big of a factor? You know, I, I think Iowa's going to be okay, and this is why. I think they have a better team, you know, whether it's obviously Garz and Bohan and his seniors, but even even with, um, you know, guys off the bench, Wee's camp has been around for three years. CJ Frederick has been around for three years, and they aren't coming off the bench. But, um, you know, I, I think that'll help them now. They've been expecting this. I mean, we've talked about this mm-hmm. since, gosh, last last March when you know when everything kind of went to hell. But um, I think they've expected this. They knew it was coming. Everybody's going to have to go through it. It's just who responds in in the best way. And I think I will will be fine tonight. A little bit surprised with the open weekend now with Iowa. Illinois also having an open weekend. They were supposed to play Michigan State, who was still shut down. That either they didn't move that game or move some kind of games around for the Big Ten here. Does it feel like they're going to be able to get the full complement of 20 games in is what we see happening across the country and across the Big Ten? Getting 20 in looks to be incredibly difficult. I think it just depends. You know, Do they want to play an NBA type of schedule where, where they have you know, a game every other day for 10 days, you know, do they, do they want to do that? Because if they, if they don't, then no, they're not going to get the full 20 in, you know, you're, right. they're, they're not going to, there's just no way because it's not going to get any better. You know, you've you got kids that are, that are testing positive coaches that are testing positive administrators and boy, it is hard to control that. So I think if they want to do that and, and again, go play, you know, seven games in 13 days, they, they can, but if not, they're not going to get the whole schedule in. There were 16 postponements yesterday, Wade. 16 games that right? shelved. Isn't that crazy? That's 32 teams uh, shelved. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I don't know why they're not playing this weekend. I, I know Coach McCaffrey said, I read some quotes from him, that, that, it's, that it's not that 
simple because of because of TV and because of who had the rights to the game. And and I understand all that, but boy, of of all the years, you think you know Illinois is free Saturday, or whatever it is, Illinois is free this weekend, Iowa's free this weekend, or whoever's supposed to play and get it made up. Let's just let's just get it done. I'm with you. You know, you look at this Indiana team. They've got three wins in conference play, and they're, they're three wins against the, you know, the bottom teams: Penn State, Maryland, Nebraska. Those are the teams that they've been able to uh, to beat so far this year. They've got a couple of guys on this team. I mean, I mean, uh, uh, Jackson Davis is a hell of a player. He's awesome. He really is. He's one of the best players in the conference, I think. Uh, but not a lot to go with. This is not the the. Um, you know, we Trent and I earlier talked about some of the blue bloods and the struggles that they're having. I think you can lump Indiana in that boat. This is not a good Indiana team, Wade. I, they they are not very good, and, and and Jackson Davis is a really good player. He's crazy athletic, but but he's made the same number of three pointers this year as as you and Trent have. Jeez. He's made none, <laughs> and it's just. And I think you could lump Kentucky in with that. Ken, yeah. Kentucky has. Probably three first rounders on that team. Two two lottery picks that BJ Boston and that um, that transfer from Wake Forest. The big guy's probably a first rounder or early second rounder, and they are awful. But it's because like with Indiana, it's very similar. They can't shoot it. And with the way basketball is nowadays, if you can't shoot the basketball and be a threat from three, everybody's just going to sag off you and play that drive. And those guys from Kentucky. You know, they can put it on the floor and they will go to the rim and they'll embarrass you for a highlight reel. But again, they can't shoot. And with Indiana, you know, Jackson Davis is getting 20 and 10. Now with Iowa, they just can't let anybody go crazy from three. Mm-hmm. And that has been kind of their MO sometimes is they let that seventh man off the bench make, make five threes and a half. And now you're fighting like heck to get to win. But I think, I think Archie Miller's in trouble. You know, mm-hmm. Jackson Davis is gone. Right. Probably should have gone last year, but with everything crazy the way it is or was, he came back. But he's he's gone, and Joey Brunk, the the big kid that transferred from I think from Butler, is done for the year. I don't know if he'll come back. Now you're just kind of you got very kind of average players coming back. It's tough. No, you know the one player that's on that roster, and I can just hear I can hear Dockage saying his name over and over. Al Durham, Al Durham, Al Durham. Uh, he's yeah, Dockage's yeah. guy, but I don't know. Kind and he's of okay, right? Yeah. Man. Just yeah. okay, yeah. Yeah, Franklin kid can shoot. He can shoot. He can shoot. Yep. I think Race Thompson's okay. He's not a big body, but this is not a very good team. I hate to say that because everybody's dangerous in the Big Ten yep. or just you know individual in basketball, but this is not a very good team. Tennessee's given Iowa some trouble in the past, but you're right. This is yep. not a good one. This is one you should not just win, but win comfortably if you're going to contend for a regular season title. Wade, you were on teams that were in that conversation, had an opportunity to win a regular season title. We know it goes back, though, a decade even before you started playing with the Hawkeyes. What do you think that would mean to the program? A regular season title I think in a mean sport? A lot. Yeah, go ahead. Yep. Yeah, I just. I, I think it would mean a lot. You know, like when I was playing, we always talked about winning championships. You talk about winning the, you know, way back when, the, the Manahawkeye Classic Championship. Mm-hmm. You know, there were four teams, and the other three were always not very good, so we win that. And then you talk about winning, like, the state championship. You know, again, way back when we played Drake, you and I, and Iowa State. Try to win that. Try to win the Big Ten. And then try to carry that over to make the Final Four. Now, I don't think near as much emphasis is placed on regular season titles, Big Ten tournament titles, it's always about the Final Four. You know, would you rather have Iowa finish third in the Big Ten and get to the Elite Eight? 
you know, or the Final Four. Well, of course you'd rather have them do well in the postseason because that's what everybody remembers. But I think, again, just using, say, tonight as an example or just the rest of the season, I was in a really good place. Let's just keep getting better, stay healthy, you know, COVID, be smart when you're off the court. Because you, there's, what, two months left in the season, basically? Yep. Ten weeks, maybe? Mm-hmm. So be smart, and they got a chance. They got a chance to have a really special rest of the year. No, I want to ask you about Minnesota, Wade. Uh, a, a team that they're unbeaten, they haven't lost at home. They can't win on the road, and their losses on the road are against the best teams in the conference, Illinois, Wisconsin, Michigan, and the Hawks, of course, beat them. Yet when that return visit happens, either prior to the loss or after the uh, they beat them, uh, they're a different team. What is it? There's no fans in the building this year. What is it about the barn? You played there. <laughs> I don't know. It's a funky place. Have, have you guys been there? Yeah, I have. I never have. Down the steps. It's awesome. Yeah. It, it's just, you know, it's just a funky place. Even even Purdue has that same raised floor. But but the barns, it, I think it's 100-plus years old. It's, it's just a That's funky awesome. place. I like it. I think it's pretty cool. Now, you were talking earlier on your show about about teams that have a chance to make a run. I I think Minnesota has Final Four types of talent. Mm, I mean, wow. you know, Marcus Carr is yep. a star. Liam Robinson gets better every night. He, he was does. killing Michigan. We talked about Hunter Dickinson the other night. Mm-hmm. Liam was killing him, yep. hitting threes. Um, that that transfer from Utah, Booth, Booth Gotch is playing yep. better. Yeah, They're he was really bad early. Mashburn's kid. Um, they're really talented, but there's just something about that building, and they've always protected it really well. Um, but, again, I, I think that's a team that you talk about all neutral games at Indiana, probably the Big Ten tournament, probably the, the entire NCAA tournament. You know, mm-hmm. Minnesota is as, as as good as, you know, not Gonzaga or Baylor, and probably Villanova's good too, but, you know, who else is in that conversation? <laughs> I, I think Minnesota's right there in that top – Ten teams in the country. What's DraftKings got them, Trent Condon? I'm going to have to dig a little deeper. We'll find that one uh, here before we get out of here today. I want to ask you about Purdue. We saw them against Iowa, what, three weeks ago, I guess it is now. They just weren't very good. But we talk about Edie the freshman. We talk about him a lot because he's Canadian and Ken loves his Canadians. (laughs) But the other two, Ivy, I've seen a lot out of him. And Newman, both those guys are playing really, really well. And Matt Painter, seemingly year after year, his team's seem to always get better. This four-game stretch beating Michigan State, Indiana, Penn State, and Ohio State, three of them on the road. Boilermakers, I think, are a team to be reckoned with come March. I think, I think Purdue's really good. I, I know Matt Painter a little bit just from, from friends and, mm-hmm. and, and playing against him, and, and he coaches just like, just like he played. And I think Purdue is always dangerous because they, they will guard you. They will come out, and, and they will defend. They play that man-to-man, and they, and, and, they, and they can always shoot it. You know, I, I think they have that. Heck, that that one kid that uh, Dakota Mathias is is in the NBA. You talk about that kid that's a mm. that's kind of a three and D type of guy, but um, they always guard you. And again, come March, you know, can you can you play defense and can you knock down shots? And I think Purdue can. And nobody wants to see them in the in the Big Ten tournament. And then if they can get into the to the Big Dance, who who knows what that's going to look like? But they'll be a tough out. Indeed, they will. So will Iowa offensively if they're if they're making their shots. Bohannon is. What have you noticed about Jordan Bohannon? I mean, obviously he's making his shots, but when he's you know doesn't have the ball, he seems to be moving around freer. And that's to an untrained eye like mine. Uh, do you see that? 
I think he's finally healthy. I think those first six or seven games, it, it was just either rust or wasn't in great shape. You know, he, he had both those hips done, and it, mm-hmm. that's you know that's something like you see out of a sixty-year-old guy. I mean, that that's that takes a long not time that sixty's old, from. <laughs> right? Yeah, well, right, right, right. But I'm just saying that <laughs> even like when you when you tear an ACL, that that's almost like a a simple procedure nowadays. But those hips are, are mm-hmm. those things are tough to come back from, and I just think he's finally healthy. Now it does help that. That Garza gets double teamed or else sure. he scores every time, and you have you can't sag off Wee's camp or or, or Frederick. Um, I just think confidence wise, he's he's good. He's gotten to be just he's kind of doing his own thing with the podcast and the parking tickets. And that's a whole other conversation, <laughs> yeah. whatever. But that's his personality, and I just think he he brings that confidence, arrogance, cockiness, whatever the word is. I would need that, and yeah. You know, they got some weapons. I mean, you got the you got Murray off the bench is playing better and better, and you know it. Um, it could be a really special ten weeks. Cautious, cautious optimism. That's that's the phrase for Iowa fans. Wait, uh, one final thing for you, and it's a guy that. Well, Jordan Bohannon missing the free throw, part of his legacy, of mm, course. Sure. Keeping Glad you brought this up. Your teammate, yeah. uh, his Chris Street's record intact at 34 consecutive made free throws. We're two days past the anniversary of his passing. Wade, I, I know we talk about it seemingly with you every single year, but it's something you still need to bring up every single year. Just thoughts as you yeah, look back January, at Chris Street. January 19th, 28 years ago. Yeah. I just think it's it's terrific that, what Coach McCaffrey, I can't thank him enough for how he has kept that legacy alive mm-hmm. with, with Chris's name attached to the, to the Hawkeye basketball golf outing and the plaque when you walk into the locker room. And, and he brings it up a lot. And that wasn't always the way with, with previous coaches. Mm-hmm. You know, right or wrong, good or bad, that's what they chose not to do. But Coach McCaffrey has embraced that. And I, I take every chance I get to thank him for doing that because it, it does help keep his name out there. You know, the uh, BTN ran that Michigan-Iowa game after the Iowa State game in 93, you know, a, a month or so ago. And just things like that, it's just amazing that even 28 years later, whether you're 8 years old or 80 years old, you've heard about Chris Street and you still remember or somebody tells you what it was like to see him play, which I think is wonderful. Indeed it is. Uh, glad that he's embracing it. It means a lot to the state, no question about it. And the fact that it's brought up every year on January the 19th. Uh, uh, people aren't forgetting it. Uh, that's, uh, that's, a, that's a real uh, testament, no doubt about it. Good stuff, Wade Looking, Bill. Yeah, go Hawks. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, we'll do it again next week before Illinois. Thank you, Wade. Appreciate it. Take care. Wade Looking, Bill, a former Hawkeye. That is really good that McCaffrey, and I'm, I'm mm-hmm. guessing I know pretty well when he said not all coaches embrace that. I'm sh- the first one that comes to mind. Uh, anyways, uh, d- former Packer GM Ted Thompson died last night. He's young. He's 68 years old, or was 68 years old. Wow. Gutekunst now, but Ted Thompson mm-hmm. was there relatively, what, for uh, two years ago, I think? Anyways, uh, we'll take a timeout. We will come back. We'll do a keyword before we do that. And then we will be joined by Vinny Iyer. More on the NFL. It's time for another $1,000 slam dunk. Text the keyword 
Game to 200. 200 right now. It's your chance at $1,000. Game to 200. 200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Hi, Vinny I from the Sporting News. Miller and Condon till noon on Des Moines Sports Stations. 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. We are Des Moines Sports Station. 1460 AM and now 106.3 FM. This is KXNO. Trek Hatton here to let you know my good friends at Renner's Warehouse are in heavy demand right now in Des Moines for three reasons. One, the rental market is booming. People rent during uncertain times and homes are getting leased fast. Two, with professional video marketing and self-showing technology, Renner's Warehouse meets all healthy and safety guidelines for our social distancing world. And three, with regulations changing so quickly, more people are learning that using an experienced property manager is far less stressful than trying to do everything yourself. Now is not the time to DIY or mess with inexperienced property managers. For a low, flat monthly fee, Renner's Warehouse will take the grunt work off your plate with no upfront fees and no paperwork or 3 a.m. maintenance calls. Plus, they can help you turn your part-time rental into a full-time cash flow machine. And if you're a real estate agent, they're offering cash payments for referrals. Go to Renner'sWarehouse.com to book your free home rental price analysis today or call 515-528-4429. That's 515-528-4429. Renner's Warehouse, Des Moines. You'll always You can see it. Picture it. The building you've always wanted. An expansion of your existing business. A new retail center where your growth really begins to take off. You've got the vision, but now what? Now you connect with Graphite Construction Group. Formerly Roshan Corporation of Iowa, Graphite Construction Group is the partner you want to match your vision. From the moment you first connect to long after the build is complete, nobody does it better than Graphite Construction Group. See why at Graphite GR. On a Thursday's Des Moines Sports Stations, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Let's talk some NFL, shall we? Why not? He's Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News. Uh, he joins the conversation. Vinny, a Northwestern grad, a three-time Jeopardy champion. Vinny, let's start with Jeopardy real quick before we get into the football, as I know you're paying attention to it. Um, Mr. Jennings has uh, been hosting. I see Aaron Rodgers is going to host at some point. Huge shoes to fill, obviously. Uh, what, what, what's your thoughts so far, Vinny? What have you seen? Yeah, I, I don't mind the way Ken Jennings is operating the show, but there's just something missing there, of course. I mean, you don't have a professional person in there yet, so we'll see what this guest hosting does. It certainly is going to keep a lot of interest in the show going forward, and I'm actually intrigued by Aaron Rodgers when he gets a turn. Hopefully, he's probably hoping to delay that right. for quite a bit. <laughs> and having to uh, prepare for something bigger here. So um, I, li- I like it so far. I think uh, it'll be interesting to see how uh, Katie Kirk does, who has uh, more mm-hmm. broadcast experience. We know that. And Mayim Bialik could be interesting as well. I think she has a pretty good voice and has done all kinds of things, a really smart person in her own right, as well as uh, being a pretty funny actress. So I like the people they've lined up so far. There's more to come. I don't know if there's going to be a permanent host for a while. Um, I think you'll also see Mike Richards in there as the executive producer. So he is actually pretty good as well, if you've seen some other shows he's hosted in the past. So not to get too deep diving in there, but there's probably some odds out there on who's going to be full-time <laughs> hosts. But 
for at this point, I think it's going to be interesting, and I'm going to watch the different hosts and see how they do. And in the end, I just like the game in itself. So it's kind of like uh, watching NFL football, and fine, if Tony Romo or Chris Collinsworth is doing the game, the game is good. It doesn't really matter who's talking over it, and uh, that's the same thing with Jeopardy. Uh, No doubt. And finding the right person, that's going to be a difficult task, and never want to be the guy that replaces a legend and be the guy that replaces the guy that replaced the legend. But we will get there at some point. Vinny, let's get into the NFL weekend and want to start with well, the first game we will get, it'll be the NFC Championship game. Speaking of legends. Packers against the Buccaneers. I've asked a couple of different people this week. That first matchup, 10 nothing lead for the Packers, and then, what, 38 straight out of Tampa on the other side of it. Do you use that at all? Is is that anything that you look back upon and try to glean anything from? Well, I think it, you can't totally ignore it. I mean, the, the success that the Buccaneers had was pretty clear there, but I think the biggest thing in this game that could be in the Buccaneers' advantage. I think they had a very important development last week when they could have got past happy down the stretch in the second half, trailing, I think, 20-13. to 13. But what do they do? They turned it over to the running game a little bit more. Leonard Fournette, mm-hmm. it wasn't easy yards, but he got some tough yards. He had a nice first down run off a reception. And you had Ronald Jones with some fresh legs coming out there after not playing the week before. He looked really good. He's been really good all season. So I think he's more of the home run back. While well, you would say Leonard Fournette is. I think we lost him. I think we did. Sounded like it was heading in that direction. Well, well, let's try and rehook up with uh, uh, with Vinny R, who just wrote a, a, a really good piece at Sporting News. If you're a Vikings fan, I think this one might interest you: Justin Jefferson versus Randy Moss. I think Randy. I know I'm in the minority here, and there's a lot of Jerry or Jerry Rice love out there. I understand that, and rightly so. I just think, I think Randy Moss is the best receiver to ever play the game. In my opinion, my opinion. I mean, six foot four, that speed that he had, he didn't take it as seriously as Rice did. Clearly, his craft. But what maybe he's got some um, when he looks back, some unfinished business and what could have been. Uh, with him, but this is a really good comparison between the rookie campaign of Randy Moss and the rookie campaign of Justin Jefferson. We'll get into that with Vinny uh, in a moment. Uh, but Vinny, uh, we we lost you midway through your your sentence there. Uh, you want to finish that up, or you want to move on? Well, I was just saying the running game is going to be key for the Bucks. The Packers have had some trouble with the running game this season, for sure, in different spots. And then you look at the other side, the Bucks are the number one run defense. So. Are the Packers going to be able to stay balanced with Aaron Jones there? So it could be the two Joneses here that have a factor in this game, uh, Ronald Jones and Aaron Jones, maybe uh, more so than the quarterbacks in the end based on the matchup. You know, let me. Uh, this has been a talking point all week, and when I heard it for the first time, I thought, you know, that's a load of BS. Um, talking about Aaron Rodgers and his legacy and, and how he needs this game. As you well know, quarterbacks that win a Super Bowl, they really join a different club when they get that second one, right? And and Aaron Rodgers has a chance to get that second one. I called him Aaron Jones earlier. Aaron Rodgers has a chance to get that second one uh, and to separate himself. Do you buy the fact that Aaron Rodgers needs this game this week uh, to, to do anything as far as his legacy? Yeah, it's very complicated now, and I'm starting to look at things in different ways myself, uh, having covered this game for a long time. But I think we tend to lump in quarterbacks with NBA superstars, and I think that's a little unfair because 
the rings are, are one thing, but they're always requiring a major team effort to get them done. Or we'd have it even across the board and all these guys would be winning titles. I mean, I think the one thing is, can you say that Aaron Rodgers has played well in the playoffs and won a lot of games for the Packers and done what he needs to do individually? Yeah, you'd say for the most part he has. Has he done everything in the regular season in terms of his yards per attempt, his efficiency, to stand out among all the other older quarterbacks? Yeah, he has. So I think we just measure people so much by championships, and I think you have an anomaly like Eli Manning that kind of throws this whole thing out of whack. Yeah, he has two Super Bowl wins, but they were because his defense shut down Tom Brady in both games. So we just have to measure things differently here, and I don't think Aaron Rodgers needs this game to go down as an all-timer to me, I think physically, when you look at his arm strength, his athleticism, his accuracy, his efficiency, when you just, if you put all the quarterbacks on the even surface here in the modern era, you say Aaron Rodgers is the best. I mean, simply is. Mm-hmm. He can make all the throws all these guys can't, and he's going to lift his team. And he may not have had the same type of teams or coaching that Tom Brady has had over the years. And this is maybe the opportunity where he has that advantage, where I don't know if Bruce Arians overall with his game plan is the same as Bill Belichick. I would say no. He's got the coach he needs here in Matt LaFleur instead of Mike McCarthy. So you need other factors to help you win a championship, and that's what makes it winning two really hard. I know Tom Brady has made it look easy winning six of eight uh, <laughs> chances there, but it's very difficult in this era. But I think if you want to say Aaron Rodgers needs to separate himself a little bit from Drew Brees and Russell Wilson by the numbers, having two Super Bowls, matching – Roethlisberger matching Eli Manning, then we might say, yes, he needs it in terms of maybe the perception outside. But to me, Rodgers is already in the all-time conversation. I mean, he's top five for sure, but this maybe can shuffle where he ends up exactly in that top five. Josh Allen, he was pressured a bunch against Kansas City the first time they played. What do you anticipate the Dable's going to do here, trying to get him a little bit more comfortable? I think I saw it was the most pressure throws a quarterback had all season that Week 6 matchup against the Chiefs. What do you expect to see from Dayball and Allen this week? Well, the biggest problem is to beat the Chiefs, I think you have to be able to run the ball just a little bit to keep that defense honest. It's so many things that come out of running the ball against the Chiefs. It's their defensive weakness, number one. It keeps you from being an uncomfortable down-and-distance situation against uh, that good pass rush and trying to throw into coverage against Tyron Matthew and all those guys in the middle field. The other thing, of course, we know it does is helps you sustain long drives, help you finish them, and keep Patrick Mahomes off the field. So the running game, that's why it's so important now. I know people just look at it as maybe a complimentary piece, but there's a reason that three teams that advanced out of the four, other than the Bills really had a good running game in the divisional playoffs. It's important to complement your passing game, finish drives, and take pressure off your quarterback. And that's the number one thing Brian Dable has to do. Can they get Devin Singletary going just a little bit? If they can have their best rushing game of the season, that's going to open things up for Allen, and they're going to have a chance to win that game. So I think that's the number one thing they have to do because they only had 32 yards on 16 carries against the Ravens, and it kind of kept the Ravens in the game until that pick six. Vinny, I do want to save a couple of minutes to talk about your latest piece, uh, Justin Jefferson versus Randy Moss. Uh, we'll, we'll do that in a second. But just Patrick Mahomes, everybody's focusing on uh, the concussion or the non-concussion, the neck injury. We're forgetting the turf toe, which is, as you know, what, I mean, what, what turf toes, how they prevent players from uh, you know, playing at their 
uh, potential on any given Sunday. Are we overlooking how serious that turf toe might be for Patrick Mahomes, who went under the tent, uh, under the hood at some point uh, early in the football game to have it retaped or have it looked at? How serious is that toe? Yeah, we, we're not going to know exactly. I don't think all week. I think the post is going to be on the upper body injury, so to speak. That's very college football term-like. But that's how it's going to be. I mean, they're not going to let on if he's limited at all with his toe. I mean, they know, especially with the injury distraction being elsewhere and people concerned about that. So I bet his mobility will be a little limited, but he's not like a Russell Wilson or even a Josh Allen where – he needs that big asset to be there. If he can move around a little bit, buy some time. I know sometimes even when he's running, he looks a little awkward. It's not like it's full speed. So I don't think that's going to be too big of a factor unless we actually see it on Sunday. I think with rest there, maybe that was good in a way that he had this other issue, so it kept him from having to play that extra quarter there and take a little bit of extra hits on that late. So maybe that helped. But yeah, I think it's a bit of a concern for sure if he's not quite as mobile, but we won't know that until the first snaps he takes on Sunday. Who is the NFL rooting for? What matchup for them is the most intriguing? You got markets that, frankly, aren't very big, aren't uh, some of the biggest ones, and what the biggest of the group is Tampa, not exactly known as a national market. Who do you think they're rooting for? Who, if they could get their pick, they'd put in the Super Bowl? Well, if they like State Farm commercials, I uh, <laughs> think it's uh, Patrick Mahomes right. and Aaron Rodgers. Uh-huh. I think that is going to draw in the most casual fans. Because I think Patrick Mahomes is one of those mm-hmm. people that people are going to watch if they have no investment in the Chiefs, maybe for Raiders or Broncos and Chargers fans. You're upset about it, but you still respect him and you would still watch him. Mm-hmm. And then with Aaron Rodgers, I think everyone knows Aaron Rodgers. They like him. He's in all these ads as well. Everyone knows these guys outside of the NFL. Like, no offense to like Josh Allen, but we're not going to have a transcendent kind of pop culture Super Bowl with Josh Allen in it, where with Mahomes and Rodgers, you're already there. Then I think maybe the close second would be Brady, just because he's a villain and we like to root against him, mm-hmm. or he's a hero and people want to root for him and see him do more with his domination. So I think it's Bucks or Packers for different reasons. They'll take either one. So we're set on the NFC side, but I think definitely the Chiefs over the Bills especially because you don't want those bitter Patriots fans to have to watch Buffalo at the Super Bowl. Yeah, indeed. That'd be fascinating. Vinny, uh, your piece uh, that, that just posted, SportingNews.com, I'll preface this by saying I think Randy Moss is the greatest receiver that ever lived. I know that that uh, uh, there's not a lot of folks on that bandwagon. It's, you know Everybody points to Jerry Rice who got all the records. I get it. But I think just Randy Moss had more talent. But Justin Jefferson, the year that he had for Minnesota, 88 receptions, Randy Moss versus Justin Jefferson – I, I know that Viking fans are grateful to be having this debate because if they are, they've got a good one in Jefferson. It sure looks like they do. Uh, but that's a pretty fascinating comparison, Vinny. Yeah, I mean, you can't discount that Justin Jefferson had a big season. I don't care how you measure the error or look at everything else. I mean, remember, he came here with a challenge already. I mean, he was trying to replace Stefan Diggs. Yep. And he darn near produced what Stefan Diggs did in Buffalo as a rookie, remember when he came in, everyone thought, oh, he's a slot receiver. Is he going to work as an outside guy? He came in two games in, didn't look like he was going to have a big role, then he exploded on the scene, and he was dominant. I mean, you just couldn't cover him downfield. And I know he doesn't have that mythical size and speed that Randy Moss had, but you look at the numbers, 1,400 yards, getting open all the time in key situations. Who knows? If he had a better quarterback situation, 
I mean, Kirk Cousins did as much as he could to get the ball to those guys, but you wouldn't put him on that elite tier. Say if he was playing with Mahomes or even Randall Cunningham in 1998, who was having an MVP-like season, you wonder what Jefferson could do if they were actually also opening up the passing game, which was just a very run-heavy team. So you have to factor all that in for the Vikings. They're that grindy-type team this year, but he's still got the job done. A lot of pressure in that spot to replace Diggs, especially when seeing Diggs have a big season. So I think they're closer than you think in that rookie season. We know the Randy Moss separation was the rest of his career. So Justin Jefferson, great start. That's all you can ask for. Now build on it, and maybe you'll have uh, two of the all-time greats in Minnesota and uh, Moss and and adding Jefferson and Chris Carter and Adam Thielen to the mix. So many guys have come through that are really special at receiver in Minnesota. No doubt. If you're an NFL mock draft fan, Vinny's uh, latest mock draft is up. How often will you redo your mock draft, Vinny? That's a good question. I'll find out soon. But no, uh, <laughs> as, as long as we have to. So yeah. we'll definitely have a new one after the, the uh, conference uh, championship games. We'll have, definitely have a new one after the Super Bowl. And then we'll see from there. Lots going to change here. We know yep. uh, Senior Bowl coming up and uh, Combine virtual this year. So we'll see how that works out. But a lot of stock and things are going to change from now until then. And Maybe a few big draft trades could also be happening with first-round picks, so we'll watch out for that as well. And we'll watch out for it at SportingNews.com. Vinny, thank you for what you do for us. We'll talk to you Super Bowl week. Appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. Thank you. Vinny Iyer, Sporting News. So uh, my question to Vinny, what's the NFL rooting for? I don't think there's a a wrong answer in the NFC. Tom Brady and Tampa. Aaron Rodgers is on all the commercials. They are. And though, I mean, Green Bay, and even if you include Milwaukee, it's still not a real big market. No, but it's a, I, I, it's a it's statewide a, thing. It's, it's a national team. Don't you yes. think so? I do. They are, yeah. They're in the top 10 at the very least, probably top six. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, I'd even narrow it down from 10. Dallas, Pittsburgh, they're kind of their own level. Uh-huh. Yep. And maybe this might be a generational thing, but well, I think it probably will be in some respects. New England, for generation after me, yeah, they but, have become that way. Yeah. Before, before you, Miami was a team. Yeah, the, the Dolphins were a team, and you still see those smattering of fans mm-hmm. even around here, but mm-hmm. not at the level it was in the eighties and nineties. Nope. So, oh. Niners. Yeah, because of the Montana era. That's my generation. There's plenty young. of those. Yeah, eighties uh-huh. and nineties. Broncos dominated the late nineties. There's but lots I, of them. There are a lot of them. They're up there. There's nobody in the NFC South. No. AFC is, South, no. No. The Saints, Falcons. Eagles? No, not not in that top, say, I, I six, seven so either. Range. I don't think so How about so, the did Giants? You, did you say Steelers? You did say Steelers, yes, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, good. How about the Giants? How about the Giants? Um, Parcells era, dominant. Mm-hmm. Uh, the two Super Bowl, players, Super Bowl wins uh, with Coughlin. Mm, about the Giants, Lawrence Taylor, and of course the biggest market. And he, well, yeah, yeah. So I think you'd have to put him on that list towards the bottom of our top mm-hmm. ten, or how many we've got to. Yeah, I think so. Who, are we missing? Bears? Big name, big name, big name team. Yeah, big name team. The Bears are a big name team. This is the worst organization of this group we're talking no, about. No, but they, the, the Bears are a national team. I agree with you. So we kind of got that, and yes, the Packers are a part. You of know that. who will be. In 10 years when you're having this conversation, I'm listening to you. Yes. Yeah, they will. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I was just looking at market side. Buffalo is number 52. Are 52 they, media market. Jeez. 
And if you don't include Green Bay, because really Milwaukee is a part of that too. But you can sell the hell out of the the four straight Super Bowl losses. You can, yes. You sell the hell. It's out a story of that. for younger people. They yes. probably don't know incredibly well, right? Or people like us, we remember it and going back and remembering those teams. It'll and never happen again in the history of the NFL. Never. The depth of those teams, the number of guys that were no. so good. You're right. It's not just Jim Kelly. No. Thurman Thomas. Running back. Andre receiver. Uh, defensive end. Safeties. Linebacker. They had uh, offensive line. Mm-hmm. They had everything. They did. Except, Except the, the kicker. <laughs> it would have helped in the first one. Indeed it would have. Marv Levy who went to co-college. Yeah. He's still alive. Yeah. Still alive. How old is he? It's got to be in his 90s, oh, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Early 90s? I'm going to say 92. I'll go... All right, I was going to say, I'll go 93. 95. Is he good for him? Yes. In there and still has his faculties, as far as we know. Uh, we'll take a time out, come back and wrap things up. Trent's due for one of these best bets, folks. Well, I'm going to give up a bunch, because I went 6-2 and two yesterday. I gave out one, and the one lost. So... I got a few plays. I'm going to Are you give still you all posting the them on that app? I am. Yep. Action Network. You can At find my plays Action every day. Okay. Follow along with me. And they're and free. Free. And what no do you cost. get out of doing that? Just, you know, I don't like to throw out steel lines. I don't like to bend rules to get to 70%, like some people maybe have done in the past yep. on this station that uh-huh. we'll be competing with. Coming up in the next weekend. Does he sit in this chair? Well, I don't know where he sits, but sit in this chair. He sits in four, that chair. Yeah, I see him there. Does he sit here at four o'clock? Yep. Uh-huh. His uh, initials are CW. Yeah. It's Chris Williams. Right. I still, I want to see the records of that 70% he season. Is, uh, he claims 70%. It's I remember you claim. and I were up the dial and we were talking about we the were. record and the year that he was having. You had a good one in your own right. We'll come back, finish things up. Miller and Condon take you until, well, another five minutes or so on 1460 KXNO. What? The return we have all been waiting for is finally here. UFC's most notorious icon is stepping back into the octagon this Saturday. Be sure to check out DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, for a shot to turn $1 into $257. That's right. New users can bet $1 on McGregor to win by knockout in the first round. And if he does, you'll be cashing $257. Bet a little, win a lot. Let's Let's not forget about football. It's in the midst of their playoffs, so head to the app to check out the great playoff promotions. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code KXNO when you sign up to turn $1 into $257 if McGregor wins by first-round knockout. Place your bet and watch the fist fly this weekend. That's code KXNO for new users for a limited time. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook must be 21 or older. Iowa only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings dot com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call one eight. Have a home with us. Hi, right, welcome back, Miller and Condon. I've been mean to ask you: Did you uh, take a hit off a helium balloon before you did that Renner's Warehouse commercial? No, I don't think so. I <laughs> sounded like it a little bit. Well, we had to. Speed it up a touch. Oh, that's what it is. That's okay. what it you is. You just sound different. So that. as I was reading through it, uh, even as I quickened it up a little bit, it was still like a minute 15. Got to get in that minute. So uh, you, got an hour, you got a minute spot and you had a minute 15 worth of copy. Well, you got it in. That's how you do it and uh, go a little quicker. Sometimes you'll hear that at the end of our DraftKings reads. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I can't get over this line from Dan Campbell, the new coach of the Lions. What a brilliant line. He told his, uh, he told his agent to make sure that NFL execs, that uh, when, when the agent calls NFL executives, Dan Campbell said to make sure that uh, they think it's Matt Campbell. That's reaching out. That's awesome. 
Yeah, there's there's a lot from his press conference today. Was there? He sounds like a character. Yeah. You know, I wonder if that's that actually happened because Campbell was attached to the Jets. Yeah. He was attached to the Lions. I wonder if was, wonder if they thought they were getting Matt Campbell and it was Dan Campbell that showed up at the interview. Anyway, this ball of energy comes rolling into the interview or through the Zoom. Uh, do you like Iowa tonight? What's the latest number on the Hawks at DraftKings? It is ten. Is uh, where they have it right now. If I had to make a pick. I'd take. I'd lay the points. You would. Uh, there's Indiana's not very good. They're. See, I don't. They're a very difficult team. They haven't beat anybody good. Nobody. But they haven't lost anybody bad either. Uh, they're just kind of who they're supposed to be. Yeah, they lost to Clemson earlier this year. Clemson's good. Okay. Clemson lost is one of the Texas. few ACC. Texas is good. Right. Just that Northwestern loss is probably the most head scratching. Now looking back upon it. But Jackson Davis can go off, mm-hmm. and he can go off in a big way, and he can get Luke in foul trouble. I just have that. No, oh, I laid the ten. What is you your play it. before we run out of time? What uh-huh. is your play of the night? All right, I got three. Okay, lay them on us. Rutgers going to lay the two against, against Penn, Penn State. State. I just think they're a lot better. I can't, I couldn't watch that game in my life depending on it. Boy, that'd be torture. That's bad basketball. Oof. Bad offensive basketball. Pick two. Yep. St. Mary's has lost three in a row. They're not losing four in a row. A row lose. Leave the two against Loyola Marymount. Okay. And then this is, and I did this one other time in the last couple of weeks, just a numbers play. My numbers did not match up at all. Grab Tennessee Martin. I don't know, a guy on their team, <laughs> plus 13 and a half at Eastern Kentucky. That is the strictly number play of the night. That's the one I'm going to be watching. What is that one? One more. I mean, not watching, paying attention to. What's that one? One more time. 13 and a half. Tennessee Martin against Eastern Kentucky. There you go. And the game is at Eastern Kentucky. It is. I'm looking at it now. ESPN Plus has it. Ooh, I might be dialed into that. I bet you will. All right. Well, I know there'll be a lot of folks dialed into Murph and Andy as they slide in here at 2. The Fanatics come by at 4. Cyclone Fanatic uh, radio tonight is at 6 o'clock. And then tomorrow morning at 6 a.m., the Morning Rush will be back. We're Miller and Condon. You can hear us Monday through Friday from 10 until noon on Des Moines Sports Station. 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM.